Hey, what is up, you guys? This is Kylan King, and I'm going to need you to do me a, a big favor. You ready? Go check out the Three Count Podcast. They have awesome guests on all the time, including myself. Go check it out. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. You could call me your Sherpa. You should call me your Sherpa. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. And today, you can catch this person on Cos- uh, Christmas Cosmic. You can catch her on CCW, catch her on AEW, catch her on Ladies Night, IPW, MPW, NWA, Empower. And you can also catch her at WAW. She is... The queen of crazy. Give it up for Kylie King. What's up? <laughs> that was a nice introduction you just gave me. Holy cow. <laughs> I, I definitely have a lot of fun like going through and researching and then just like throwing it all together and then just like just seeing yeah. how it works out. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so number one, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. And then uh, anytime, anytime. Oh, I appreciate it too. It's it's fun because like we met at CCW slash one CW and it, you know, it was the second time we ran into each other. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna be bold this time. I'm just gonna be like, hey, wanna come on the podcast? <laughs> Cause that's, I was that's what, that's what you gotta do in wrestling. You gotta be bold and you just gotta straight up you you can't uh tiptoe around things. You just gotta go up and, and ask the, the the hard questions. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes and now, like and now look at we're here. Now we're on the podcast. We're we're talking finally. So it worked out, man. It worked out. <laughs> it really, it really did. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy though, because like the one thing I've been telling people, um, is, is it's very hard to like go and approach female, female talent to bring them on the show. Right. Because you can only imagine like female talent wise, like you, y'all get hit with a bunch of like people just blowing up your DMS. And that's like the one thing is like, I want to meet people like in person and talk to them about, have a conversation. Cause yeah, at least you know, like, well, he's not a creep like every other person that comes to the damn DM. <laughs> yeah, no, no, very professional. <laughs> and then, you know, and when I tell people, and what's cool about this show too is that, like, it's not only that, like, it's just some random person that's like, I got a podcast. No, it's someone that legitimately shares a ring with you too. So it's not like, yes. you know, it's, it's cool. But uh, first question I'm going to ask you, right? And, I, and our fans are going to want to know too is who's Kylan King? Um, I'm a crazy, weird, quirky, tall, pale chick from Ohio. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just a normal, normal person. Grew up in Ohio with five brothers who were the reason I got into wrestling. And, uh, we, we never got along growing up, but whenever wrestling was on, we'd all sit still and, and enjoy, enjoy the program and then beat each other up as soon as it was done. So that's pretty much what I grew up on. And so that's why you see me where I am today. Not a lot. I mean, um, I could go into more detail, but that's pretty much the sum of Kylan King. Just, just a crazy, tall, weird, quirky, pale girl. <laughs> you know, it's cool though, because like, it's, it's always like the family member that like always brings you in. I've talked to other people who've had like uncles bring them in or like myself, my aunt was the reason why I got into wrestling. And it's always fun 
to like listen to people's stories about like how they got into the sport and then like what really was their driving factor so I'm very curious with it as well like now that you what what got you in right obviously we know that your brothers were part of the reason I got you in but what keeps you going in the sport so I wanted to be a wrestler since I was a little kid um but my mom and dad weren't crazy about it because their introduction to wrestling was was attitude era Mm. so especially for women's wrestling like my mom's idea of wrestling was was women coming out in bikinis and just getting them torn off pretty much so um so I kind of held off for a really long time. And then around like my sixth year into college, I just like, I just remember like I was still watching wrestling. I was still daydreaming about doing it. And then I was in the middle of a lecture one day and I just had so much anxiety about the idea of not becoming a professional wrestler. Like the thought that wrestling was going on and I wasn't involved in it just made me like so sad. So I finally just took the dive, worked multiple jobs, saved up, moved to Florida, started my wrestling journey. Um, and that's that's pretty much what keeps me driven is the fact that like I waited until I was at a point in my life where it was like, yeah, this is the end all do all kind of thing. Like there was no, I was, I was no longer in that phase of like, oh, oh, let me try this and see if this works out. Never mind, I'm gonna go do this instead. Like by the time I got to wrestling, it was like all the other options that had already been explored, and this is what I knew was meant for me so even on the on the on the tiring days and and the sluggish days and the days where we're not sure if we're all mentally there I just remember that fact that you know like no matter what I pursued in life everything led myself back to wrestling and so that's that's what was meant to be for me that's like that's that's awesome because like when I get to hear people share stories it makes me like just remember like how how lucky like like I am because like I feel like and I've I've talked to other people about this too the same way is that wrestling like has it it's it's always a passion thing right and like you always find it around you right and so something for me was that wrestling uh I like I when I was a kid like it was around I grew up in the attitude era I grew up in the you know with the aggression era as well but like yeah. everything kept everything kept moving in a direction that was like trying to lead me into wrestling even like amateur wrestling into college the military and yeah graduating as well from college and like every always wrestling was around and finally I was like you know I've done everything that people have asked me to do and I've never actually kind of taken my own leap of faith I was like I'm gonna go become a pro wrestler and like I just went for it and it's it's funny to hear you too like you just you took the leap of faith and that's what I ended up doing too was finally taking a leap of faith and I was like I'm gonna make this work I was like I don't know how, yep. I don't know where, <laughs> what's going to happen. I'm just going to go for it though. That's, that's literally like my whole life though. It was like, there was a lot of things I was interested in, but the, a lot of the decisions I made was mainly to make other people happy. And uh, I just remember like the moment I decided like, no, I'm going to make a decision for myself. It might not be the popular decision, but it's the best decision for me. As soon as I made that decision, despite how unhappy people in my life were about it, just because, you know, like, there were certain expectations and now I was cutting that off as soon as I made that decision for me things started to fall into place like the work still had to be done don't get me wrong but but uh you know suddenly my my drive to work multiple jobs was there which you know if you knew me back before wrestling I wasn't a lazy person but I procrastinated a lot um so as soon as I I made the decision like suddenly I had become a harder worker than I'd ever been my entire life 
being able to move to Florida became possible. I found a school within less than a month of moving to Florida. Like all these things just kept falling into place. And it was a very big like sign from the universe saying like, Hey, thank you for finally making the right decision. We've been waiting for a while. (laughs) So, so I can completely relate to that. Yeah. It's like sometimes, especially when you're younger, you feel like you have to please everybody and it, but you have to wait until a certain point where you realize like, Hey, you know, life isn't going to be very gratifying or fulfilling until I make a decision for me, because at the end of the day, like it's our path, our journey, we're the ones that have to be happy with what we do with our lives and, and with ourselves. And that's pretty much where I came to. It was just like, I was living, I was doing and living a life to make other people happy. And it crept up on me that I wasn't, I wasn't happy because I wasn't doing the one thing that I constantly thought about, which was wrestling. I think that's where, and it's, it's wild too, because like we're having a discussion and I, I brought it up to my my mom was talking to me and she was asking, you know, like, cause my daughter, right. Um, who you got to meet before the show. Sorry guys. you guys yes. time. But um, <laughs> she's actually, she's like five, one, five, two. Right. And she's, Oh wow. She's growing like ridiculously fast. And so my, my mom asked me, she's like, is she gonna be a basketball player? I was like, my daughter doesn't have the coordination for basketball. <laughs> but I was like, she's either gonna be really good at dance or she's gonna be a pro wrestler and my mom said the same thing that you your mom was like talking about like oh she's gonna be one of those she's like uh are you sure you want her to do that I was like mom if you've seen the wrestlers now mm-hmm. versus what the what the women were like in the late 80s early 90s you know and even some of them late late 90s it's like you'll understand like how much the, the, the show that the sport has evolved for women's wrestling evolved it's changed and it's become, it's become an actual sport, you know, we're, yeah. we're storytellers, we're athletes. It's not, it's not anywhere what it used to be. And it's continuing to evolve too. It's still, there's still a lot of work to be done and it's constantly changing. It is. And the, the thing though, is like, it's, it's, it's cool because like the curve, the curve, right. Originally, like if you're, if you're a fan of the nineties, y'all will understand what we're talking about, but the curve was like massive, right. But then like, yeah, the, that it just, it seemed like women's wrestling was like here and it just boom, just exploded. And in the last like five, six years, and I'm curious if, if, you know, like how you feel like your impact has, has helped, you know, push the sport up as well. But like in the last five years, like, and I guess maybe like six years, right. Like AJ, AJ Lee drops his pipe bomb, right. Everybody's talking about total divas. And she's talking about how she oh, like, froze again. Oh, did I? I'll give it a second. All right. Oh, no. Okay. You, you, fro- you froze for a second, so I couldn't hear or see anything. Oh. Uh, the oh. last thing I heard, the last thing I heard was AJ Lee. That was okay. the last thing I heard. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So AJ <laughs> Lee, AJ Lee drops the pipe bomb, right? And, yes. uh, she talks about the divas versus like women wrestlers. And then you start seeing people like Paige and obviously the four horsewomen come up through like NXT and they start debuting that Natalie, Natty is still there. She's holding it down, but then like this massive influx of like women just like taken to the sport. And I'm just curious, like for you, right. How do you feel like your impact has helped push the sport up? Oh, I don't know if I'm at the place in my career yet where I've made that much of an impact. I, I, if I have, that's a huge blessing. Um, my, my goal has always been 
you know, and you see it a lot in my promos and in my in-ring work, like for me, like, I just love wrestling. Like I, I and I love, cause I, I grew up in a very male dominated household. So I didn't have a lot of female influences around me, like helping me understand, uh, you know, the whole idea of women supporting women. So that concept became a really big part of my life when I got into professional wrestling. And so that's always kind of the, the attitude and the aura that I try to portray in the ring is like, like, I just want to show the world what we can do. I, you know, I know how hard I work. I know how hard you probably work. So when we get out there, let's, let's turn their heads and make them pay attention. That's always been my, my end game when I get in the ring. Sometimes it gets a little personal. Sometimes you can't avoid it. Some people get a little hot or mean or, uh, but that's always my influence. So I hope that if I have any kind of impact on women in the world or women in professional wrestling, that, that we just support and support each other more, elevate each other more, make, make women's wrestling an even bigger uh, more respected thing in this world you know that that's the impact that I hope to leave and like I said I don't know if I if I'm anywhere in my career where I've done that yet uh, honestly like it's it's been the last couple of years has been that that kind of I've just been kind of keeping my head down and just trying to do the work and see see where I go kind of thing so I think I really have reflected on all the things I've done in the last couple of years so maybe I don't know but that's what I'm going for essentially <laughs> It's it's crazy too, right? Because like I've I watched my daughter, like just her wrestlers have changed, right? So I remember when I first really got her involved into it, just to, just to see what she liked, uh, like Bailey and Sasha Banks and Charlotte and Becky and um, who else? Oscar was in there. Kyrie Sane was also mentioned in there. And then like randomly, like I watched other wrestlers like get into her top five, right? So uh, people like Gabby Ortiz, right? Who's up in yeah. that? Yeah. And then, uh, ba- well, it's not, Be- it's not basic Becca anymore. I know. I'm sorry, Becca, but, uh, Becca <laughs> becomes her top wrestler. Right. And it's cause like, she's, she's interviewed her. She's been in touch with her. And I know like she's talked about like Thunder Rosa and she talks to me about like Maddie Rinkowski, you know? So she's talking about all these other women on the independent scene. And I'm like, that's how I know, like the women are like impacting like the younger generation because my daughter's here having a conversation with me about wrestlers that she saw on AUW or AEW Dark, which by the way, thank yeah. you for that, sir. And uh, <laughs> thank you for that, ma'am, for being on that show. But of course, <laughs> but to watch you guys, to watch the women go through and just dominate the show. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's becoming, well, it's, it's, we're lucky enough that we're in an era right now where there's a lot more opportunity. It's not just WWE anymore. Like you said, we have AEW. Um, there's a lot of independent com- companies that are coming up and they are, they are encapsulating a formula that, that is very uh, infectious for wrestling fans. Like you have game changer. They, they are coming up with stuff where it's like, it's a main roster and then they slowly start circulating your faces. So you can become more aware of people who are, busting up us on, on the independence and then of course there's a lot more female promotions coming up out of the word works of course mission pro it, I, I i work there very regularly um and there's a lot more freedom for us in our wrestling now too i feel like a lot of people are not trying to control because because there there's been a couple times where i've experienced where it's like i go to a show there's only one woman's match on the card and then not only do they give us like 
I don't know, five to seven minutes, but then they like, they try to tell us what they want us to be or do in the ring. And I feel like there's a lot less of that now. When I go to promotions, they just say, you know, they're like, oh, you know, be you, do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, we want to give you creative freedom. And I think that there's a lot of beauty in that because when you give wrestlers creative, especially female wrestlers creative freedom, you're, you're probably going to get a lot more out of it as opposed to like, oh, just go out there and be, be a chicken wrestling kind of thing. So I think, I think too, like it, it really helps um, that we have a lot more opportunities and a lot more leeway now than we used to. Um, Cause I know I, for sure, like if, if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have discovered uh, the mother effing King and, and become the, the kind of wrestler I am right now, because there was, there was a short period of time where I just thought I had to wear a bra and look cute and stuff like that. And now it's more about the fight and the story and, and all of that. And, and I wouldn't have found that myself if I hadn't been given those liberties and that freedom and those opportunities to, to let that grow. And yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool because like, once you like getting into like the character side of things and get to like connect with that person instead of having someone tell you because like for the longest time I thought I was just your trainer gave you your character that's who you are that's who you have to be and you just do what they tell you and I yeah I believe that for so long and I have no idea why I just think that's just the way it just went through but once I learned that like I can just be whoever I want to be I was like I'm never going to do that <laughs> it would be a little bit yeah. more insane so it's cool to see like, and then like you said, like you, you connect with it and then the audience connects with it. And then you get like, you just get overhyped with what, what you're doing and there is a beauty to it. So I definitely, I definitely love watching all the different characters, right. That I get to get to talk with, right. Whether it's a Kylan King or maybe a Christy James or maybe a Max Impaler, which never now, okay, let me let me full disclose. Dude, that's this. a very different character. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me let me full disclose this. Never, never in the history of me like just coming along, right? Would I have thought that I would have shared the same locker room as yourself and as Maxine Paler and then get to talk to both people and just like yeah. have these conversations that are like, oh damn, like. I know who you are <laughs> and it's oh, like you, you get these cool little like these little fan moments right but then of course like then you have to remember like oh yeah by the way like I forgot like I'm I'm supposed to be a professional too oh I, I do that all the time like I remember there there will be times where I'll be backstage at AEW and uh, there was one time where I was just hanging out with Jerry Lynn and we were just talking about our exercise routines and like he was telling me about all the crazy exercise routines he used to do when he was younger to stay in shape for the ring and it was just it was a completely normal conversation and halfway through it I'm just I, in, internally in my head I'm sitting there going I'm having a conversation about workout routines with Jerry Lynn this is this is trippy right now like I, I didn't want him to know that I was internally marking out but I'm just sitting there I'm like I'm like why am I acting like this is so normal right now this is not normal this is really freaking cool <laughs> so I completely understand that's I've, I've been there many many times like oh. I, I totally like on the outside you're just like like I oh yes my composure was great but internally I was just like who does this this is crazy do you know who you are <laughs> I, oh. I remember like uh, I was I was backstage right and uh one of my friends his name is Ron he um there was Sandman and Shane Douglas was in the back and like, I'm the new guy. I don't want to say anything. All my friends are like really good friends with him. They're like, hey, what's up? Like, 
come talk to and I was like uh, I don't have anything to say I'm just gonna stand here <laughs> and so my buddy Ron goes all right all right buddy tell him what your name is and I was like uh I'm I'm Red Dog and he's like why and I was like because my first name's Clifford and then uh Sandman just goes oh my god are you serious and I was like I'm legitimately not having a conversation with Sandman. I never thought this was going to be something that happened in my life. <laughs> I met I met Sandman when I was still in training. Uh, his son came to our uh, the school that I was at at the time. He he's intense, man. He's intense. <laughs> he, he he would he would sit in there by the ring, like in in the middle of our matches, and like just stand there like he was a manager or something, like yelling yelling notes at us while we're having our match. I'm just like. I'm trying to run a spot, but yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> just like, oh, he's intense. So speaking about being in the matches, right? I'm just curious, like what's been one of the worst bumps you've taken? Um, probably a backdrop, but it wasn't necessarily the bumps fault. I was already hurt mm. and I had just come back. Like I had, I had injured my neck. And I lost, like, it was one of those, I went to go duck a clothesline, got the top of my head nicked because I didn't duck enough Mm -hmm. and, uh, like kinked my neck, tried to keep training on it, made it worse, ended up being out for like two months. And then I came back and the, the week that I came back, they just happened to be, uh, reteaching everybody backdrop because everybody at the time was like, Oh, I don't want to take a backdrop. So I had to run it. And because it was one of the first few bumps I had taken since I got back, like I kind of like chickened out a little bit. And so I didn't fully push myself up and rotate. So I ended up landing sideways instead of flat. And I relanded on the bad side that I had just healed up. So I was like, I just remember laying there and I felt my arm jingling. I got so nervous. I was like, oh no, I re-injured it. I was so scared. I think that was probably one of the worst bumps I ever took. Neck, sometimes though, those neck bumps, like sometimes when I throw my missile drop kick off the second, those neck bumps really suck. Um, you're not supposed to land on your neck, but sometimes depending on how far up I get to avoid killing the person I'm giving drop kick to, ugh, I lean back too far and then it just mm. ends up not, not ending well. <laughs> I can, uh, I can yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll kind of shift away from like the worst bump that you've taken, but let's talk about like. I know you see me rubbing my neck right now. I'm right. Like, I'm like, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm still feeling it. I can feel it from like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious then, uh, you know, who's who or when have you been hit? What's, what's the hardest you've been hit? Like who, who's like who? Sure. Or you don't have to throw a name if you don't want to. You can talk about the event or something, but if you want to throw a name out there, we won't stop you. <laughs> See, I'm not, I don't mind when people lay their stuff in. So I don't really, you know, I'm not one of those people that when I get backstage from a match, I'm like, man, it, they really laid that. In. Like for me, it's like, I don't even half the time. I don't even feel it until like two days later. Uh, I'm trying to think you and what, not necessarily hit the, the person who chopped me the hardest was a uh, Rio. Rio Mizunami. She, ooh, when her and I had, I remember when her and I were calling that match, because, you know, she she does her her spot in the corner, the fast right. shops, 
give you that last big one. I, I, I've always been, I've never complained about chops. I love chops. I give them really hard. I expect the same thing back. But so, so I thought it was very odd when she, when she, when we called the spot and she went, you're okay with that. Right. I hit really hard. And I went like, yeah, I was like, I love chops. I was like, lay it in. My chest was so bruised because <laughs> I mean, it also didn't help that we called. So we had her spot in the match, which was her, her normal go-to chop spot. Yeah. Then we had like a challenge chop spot where, where like she exposed herself for me. She's like, all right, give it back to me now. And then I did the same for her. And I remember like in the moment, cause when we called the match, I'm like, oh, this is great. This is so aggressive. This is going to be a fantastic. And then when we got to the part where it was my turn to open up my chest for her and let her chop me again, I just remember I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, why did we call two chop spots? My chest is already so pounded. Like, it was so bad. And so I remember I got backstage because my, my gear covers my chest. You can't really see it. Right. So I got backstage. I'm undoing my gear. I take it off. And my whole chest is just bruised from, from left to right. And she's just like, oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, you told me it was coming. I'm fine. But I just, I just remember, cause usually like when people lay their chops in things for a second, cool, whatever, keep moving on. But I just remember like that, the, the pain, the after pain of all that, that, that stayed for quite a while. Like I actually, that was one of the first times somebody chopped me and I was very aware of it. It was like, oh my gosh. So, but I, it was, like I said, I love stuff like that. Like, like I love of Joshi wrestling I love laying stuff in so it's just it wasn't that I minded it it's just like, like she wasn't kidding they hurt yeah. <laughs> I was like oh my gosh so that I guess I guess that would probably have to be like the the hardest strike I've ever taken from an, an, an opponent before it it is it is it is weird that we're wired differently where the, the point is like yeah no we want you to hit us and if you yeah. hit us if you don't like you get offended that you get like if someone misses you like I was like, I, I remember like talking to one of my friends. I was like, I would rather have you kick me like dead in the cheek than whiff mm-hmm. through. And if you whiff through, I was like, I promise I'll be, I'll be more mad at you <laughs> afterwards. I mean, I know everybody is trained differently. Um, I've had some opponents where like they, they throw their stuff and it's, it's air, like, like between the hair and everything, like, right. like it's, it's all good. Nobody can see it, but for me before, I mean, it partly has to do with what I used to do before wrestling. Cause I did martial arts for like six years and we are the style that I trained in. It was called Kwamukan Karate and we did traditional sparring and then we did judo, jitsu and kabuto, which is weapons training. So like we were taught, like we were taught how to do it for real on the streets, but we were also taught how to do it, um, for competition so like you know like like contact sparring so right. even whether i was doing whether i was training it for like real self-defense or just competition we always laid it in a little bit and then when i went when i transitioned into wrestling you have to keep in mind who my trainers were i had billy gunn bubba devon uh the those boys lay their stuff in so any any females that came through their school we were taught the same lay it in like you know if they if they can't take it well you know tough luck they're gonna have to learn how to take it so like that's just how we were trained um but yeah I I have met people I think it just depends on where you come from who your trainer is because some people are trained differently but 
for me personally, if you're going to get in the ring with me, I want to feel your techniques on me because a, I, I don't know. I just like it better. I, I feel like I, it's more natural. I sell better, like all of the above, like that's just how I prefer it. Um, I, I've been, I've been in the middle of matches, like in the middle of strike offs and I, and, and I'll let them get that first punch in. And then my, my, the words that come to my mouth is I'm coming back to throw my punch. I'm like, hit me harder. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just my preference. I got a, I got a friend. Oh, he's actually the co-host for um, our debate show that we do. Um, his name is Chaz. You guys know. Anyway. Uh, so Chaz and I, whenever we want to turn up the intensity, actually, I should say we, I'm always like, whatever. We're just, we're in the middle of this match. We're going to do what we got to do. But whenever yeah. he wants to turn up the intensity, I kid you not, he just looks at me in the face and he just dog slaps me Boom. Oh. as hard as he can. And I'm like, all right, it's time. <laughs> and then <laughs> go to war. But it's, yeah. it, is, it, is, it is weird, but it's also a lot of fun to like, when you get that, that chemistry with somebody and you're just like, nope, we can destroy each other tonight and tomorrow we'll feel it. We'll talk about it. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> So curious though, like after a match, like, and after an event, do you have like that post-match meal that you got to have? It depends on where I'm at. Um, if I'm in like the Carolinas or like the uh, Georgia area, I always go to cookout. That place is actually, we were just talking about this earlier because I'm going to be driving to Georgia in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was like my first thought. I was like, you have to stop a cookout. It's, it's, it's pretty much a fast food place, but it's, it's so good. Um, usually my go-to after a show though is a burger because mm. I feel like it's no matter where you go in the world it's really hard to mess up a burger so whenever we go to a restaurant usually a burger and then occasionally pizza um because like my I I'm pretty good about eating during the week so like my rule is is um whenever whatever my last show is I can eat whatever I want for the next 24 hours and then I have to go back to it. <laughs> so um, I don't know. It's, I think it just depends on where we're at. But usually a burger is my go-to. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Then I, one question I really do want to ask and just see, like, where this goes. Uh, what's been one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn? Oh. No. Back. It's froze again. Yeah, we're back. There we go. Okay. Sorry. No, it's, it's my internet. It's my internet connection here. It's wild. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Okay. All right. So one of my favorite questions to ask too is what's been one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn being in the sport? Um, I mean, sacrifice, honestly. Um, I can't tell you how many things I've given up for wrestling. I probably see my family twice in the last six years. Uh, there was a period, I always joke that, you know, when I get to a point in my life where people are asking me to write a book, I'm going to write a book called the Dollar Tree Diet. Because <laughs> When I first got into wrestling, almost every penny I had went into moving to Florida, going to wrestling school. And there was a good two year period where um, I refused to work full time because I wanted to stay committed to wrestling. And when you work full time, it's very hard to do that Um, because wrestling is very demanding. Even before you start doing shows and stuff like that, you have to be training. Like our our training regimen was we had to be there at least like four days a week. 
And when we were there, we were there from anywhere from noon to about nine o'clock at night. So, yeah. So there was a long period of time where I had to understand like, okay, I'm going to work this much to make this much money. This means I have to live this way. So there was a long period of time where I, I did nothing for myself. All my money went to groceries and bills and, and wrestling. And I was lucky if I had 50 cents in my bank account for payday. So the, the biggest lesson I probably learned is just what true sacrifice means to achieve what you want. Now, thankfully, I'm in a little bit more of a comfortable situation, but there was a very long period of time. Cause I, even, even when I first started doing shows and was making a little bit more money, the way my schedule would work <laughs> is I would work. So for, for the longest time, I, I couldn't hold a job because of wrestling. And then finally I did get a full-time job that was willing to work with me on my schedule. So it ended up being, I would work overnights at the Orlando airport from about nine at night to like seven in the morning. I would do that Sunday through Friday, Friday morning, I get off, hop in some stranger's car, drive all weekend to shows, get out of the car Sunday evening, take a quick shower, go right back to work. And I would do that every single week. So I would go, I would, I would get off work. I'd go to the gym, go home, sleep for like an hour or two, go do some tape setting. If I had somewhere that I could go train, go train there and then go right to work. Like there was no, I really didn't have like a, uh, a personal life or, or a lot of extracurricular things that I did. It was just wrestling 24 seven. And like I said, there was little money to my name. I very rarely saw my family. Like once, once you throw yourself into that and you fully commit, there's a lot of sacrifices to be made. And that was probably the biggest thing, the biggest, the hardest thing that I ever had to do because I come from a very big family and I have one of those kind of families that whether it's somebody's birthday or it's Easter, didn't matter what holiday it was. We were even the Super Bowl. We always had a big get together. Right. And we'd always make time to come see each other. So when I when it when I went from having that kind of family life to being off of my own estate completely alone, that was a very big life changing experience. So I I can relate. I can relate a lot. Yeah. It's like I was a I was a military brat. So uh, my dad was in the service, and so we moved around a lot. But then like when I joined the military, like I went from living in. Nebraska to living in Texas to living in Hawaii and then moving to Massachusetts down to Georgia up to Maryland and then I yeah and I I moved around a lot but the the end thing was like I live in Maryland now and it's just my wife me and my daughter and so like when I get to take off and go to shows like I book everything but I have like this awesome person next to me who's like I got this and I'll take care of this you just go do you go take care of that I'm like awesome and then yeah we split, but yeah, yeah and like I totally understand like you're on your own <laughs> like there's nobody yeah. else like my friends ask me all the time they're like well don't you have a babysitter I'm like yeah no <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we don't have those things because our schedules are so sporadic and unnatural so yeah yeah thankfully thankfully now I'm at a point in my life where you know I have my boyfriend Trevor and and his family and they're all very supportive I have a very a much better support system than I used to before it was just me and my brothers and like I said we were lucky if we had this much money before payday but um the hard work paid off and now we're it, it takes a while but when you finally get there it's it's definitely definitely worth it that I definitely I, lo- I love it so 
I know you've been in a lot of different locker rooms. This is my last heavy hitting question before we get into the second best segment of the three cow podcast. But okay. I just need one do and one don't of the locker room. Um, one do. I would say probably the don't is a uh, don't be an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I always appreciate locker rooms where everybody just comes there to have a good time, put on a good show. It's not an ego thing. They just, we all love wrestling and we want to put on a great show. There's nothing worse than when you get to a show and you walk in and there's that dude who's like, oh yeah, I'm the star, blah, blah, blah. And then they make it very clear and they're just a little bit too much. You know, we're all, we're all working. We're all going through the same journey and putting on this, you know, making the same sacrifices and going through the same grind. So it's like, we're all in the same playing field here. Don't, don't act like you're some big thing. Um, So maybe, maybe avoid that. Um, I say a wrestling, I I, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me this question before. So I'm like, what's the politically correct answer? I don't know. Uh, I say wrestling do is just, you know, um, keep keep your ears open just learn I can't tell you how many times like I've been in a locker room or just been calling a match with somebody who I've never worked before and just trying to not necessarily like take control but just just figure out what what needs to be done for that for that day you know sometimes I think we um I've seen it happen where people like no I always have to do this in my matches I always have to be like this matches are always going to be different depending on who you're working what show you're working for what opponent you have like you know just just be open and and willing and definitely just put i'm at a loss for words right now it's it's too i'm old it's so late at night i can't think um (laughs) i always try to i always try to come in with ideas for matches but then i'm also very receptive when you know things change um you know because not not everybody's gonna have the same ideas that you have and so it's and that's okay because sometimes you get an even better match than you probably had in your head another oh this is an obvious answer another do is especially if you're new to wrestling help out don't just show up and just sit around and do nothing help out help with setting up help with the ring ask for promoters anybody backstage like hey is there anything you need from me um, you know, sometimes back, sometimes shows run super smooth and then sometimes the car changes very dramatically at the last second, be open and willing to that. Don't, don't throw a fit or be upset about it because there's a reason why posters always say cards subject to change. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Bad. I, I, I think that's a good answer. I don't know. <laughs> no, I love them both. I, I love them. I love them because what we've learned now is don't be an asshole, be flexible and always. Yes. Help. That's flexible. That was, I said so many things when I could have just said flexible. <laughs> All right. I'm going to save that in my, in my word pocket for next time. Wow. All right. Oh, boy. Well, that is our heavy hitting questions. We got to get into the second best segment of the three count podcast. And that is the 10 count questions. And this is how it works, Kylan. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. Whatever's your answer. That's your answer. All right. I'm, I'm sorry ahead of time, guys. <laughs> so we're going to put on imaginary timer for added pressure. All right. And here we go. Hearts or spades? Hearts. Favorite movie? Mummy. Night owl or early bird? Night owl. Favorite color? Purple. Sonic or Mario? 
Mario. I love Sonic. That's why I had to answer like that. Ugh. But Mario, yeah. Favorite type of lift? Uh, Lakes. Okay. Android or iPhone? iPhone. Favorite podcast? <laughs> That's a trick question. Come on. It's a great you question. You that. know what? Let's be, let's be honest, okay? People all the time will be like, well, I like the Joe Rogan experience or I like the Cornette report. And we're like, I'm like, awesome. We'll take second place to those. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this show. Uh, let's say let's do willow because i just recently wrestled her and for some reason her brain her name is on the tip of my brain so willow all right and then last but not least my favorite question asked every single person who comes on this show favorite curse word <laughs> fuck <laughs> it's just it just encapsulates everything it does it really does yeah. And I, I tell everybody, I was like, I'm trying to get this trending back again, which I got to send the link out to a couple of people who asked me for it. But if you haven't checked out the history of the F word on YouTube, please do. It's like five minutes long. It's worth every minute that you get to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to look it up now. I didn't know that there was a history on the F word. That's great. It's, it was like, um, it was like one of like the first viral videos that came out. I, and the reason why I, I'll date myself for this. I was in high school when this came out and this was like 2002. Okay. <laughs> um, That's fun. But that is all of our questions we have. So the only thing I have for you is to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Twitter and Instagram, super easy, at Kylan King. Uh, I have a Facebook. I don't use it that much, but you can attempt to try and contact me on there. Um, if you guys are looking for merch, you can find my merch at fullygimmicks.com. I also sell it at my shows. Um, they do have a couple of things on the Fully Gimmick site that I don't sell at my shows. I just like little things like stickers and phone cases and stuff like that um and uh, if you follow me on all my web uh social media accounts i keep people very much updated about what's going on uh shows signings all that good stuff so and there you have it that's where you can find us so you know what that means we gotta take us home so this is the three count podcast presents now into the ring and like i said i'm your host clifford red dog miller the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling which of course you should be calling me a sherpa but it's never about me it's about who was into the ring and today you see her right next to me it is the greatness right there kylan king that's right so you guys know what to do tune into the next episode and be there or you just wait for this episode to end you wait for that outro and you choose another episode. Peace.